夢にまで見たような世界で争いもなく平和に暮らしたい「もう我慢ばかしてらんないよ言いたいことは言わなくちゃ」「帰り道夕暮れのバス停落ち込んだ背中にバイバイバイ君の」Also, I beat Metroid Dread. Oh, hell yeah. What'd you think? I really enjoyed it. I had a blast. I, like, I spent. Th- so, like, Friday night, I played three hours, got to a bit that I'm like, oh, the next room is definitely the last boss. Almost 100%. Or at the very least, I'm entering, like, last boss territory. So, I stopped there. Yesterday, I played three hours, did, went around the entire game, just, like, finishing up. Getting 100% in all the areas.、Um, about an hour and 40 minutes of that were two specific speedrun puzzles. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the speed booster puzzles. <laughs> yeah, the Shine Spark stuff in that game is fun as hell, but it's really tough. Like, I, I think my favorite、uh, like, puzzle in that game,、uh, even though it's like, extremely reminiscent of one in like, AM2R,、um, is the one where you have to, like, You have to come in from like a left angle and then you drop down and you have to like slide through a gap and then shoot like, you know, those beam blocks out. And then you have to shine spark in midair to like the angled hill. Like that shit was so fun. Yeah, that one's really cool. The one, like, most of them took me like maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. But the one that took me fucking 45 minutes is in, I think it's Berenia, the name of the area. Oh, and- yeah. That one. Um, yeah. <laughs> just fucking pain it. Because it's like. And I looked it up and I was like, well, I'm. I'm try- At the very least, I'm trying to do the thing. Like the thing that I'm seeing in walkthroughs and stuff. And this is the this is the first time that I actually 100% a Metroid game without looking up a walkthrough, which is which is great. And obviously, it's because the game like tells you everywhere where you need to go, but I like it. It was fun.、Um, like it was fun going around. Okay, I just need to go through. This area, this area, and this area. I, I can safely ignore most of the other areas. And then I go, oh, wait, I'm still missing an item in this world. And I just kind of look on the map very closely. And then it's like, oh, I forgot to destroy this block or I forgot to check this out. It was, re- it was really easy to just figure out where I was missing something, which was nice. Yeah. I, like, I think the map is better than it has been. I think it could use some improvement. I, I think, like, 
what I think would make the map a lot better is being able to select, like, being able to highlight items from a menu rather than having to, like, find them on the map. I think that would be really nice. That would definitely be nice. Um, but other than that, I think, I think the map is really good. Uh, I really liked that game. Good game. Good game. Metro Dead, good game. Um, fuck. This has been a morning. Uh, just because of that Coheed and Cambria stuff I told you about. I, I, I'm excited because they are releasing new music soon, but the thing, the thing about being, like, a Coheed fan like me is, I, whenever they release new stuff, it's like, okay, what god-awful nonsense are are you gonna release this time, (laughs) and why am I obsessed with it? Because, like, do you know anything about Coheed and Cambria, like, at all? No. If you ask me tomorrow if I remember the name that you are saying right now, I am not going to remember. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Coheed and Cambria is a, I, I would say, self-proclaimed prog rock band. Uh, I, I say self-proclaimed because I don't actually really consider them prog rock. I think they think they're prog rock, but they, they aren't. Um, they have written a concept album series for a sci-fi universe called The Amory Wars. Um, and the way I want you to picture this universe is I want you to take everything cool of star- about Star Wars and just, like, get rid of it. Get rid of everything cool about Star Wars and replace all of the cool stuff about Star Wars with angst and that feel with no GF. Um, I see. So this is the Amory Wars. Uh, they hate women. It's really bad. Do not read the Amory Wars. This is, like, if you if you like Coheed and Cambria and you didn't know they, like, were concept albums and that they're supposed to be a story, uh, don't read the comics. Go listen to, like, the Abnormal Mapping podcast, The Amory Score. Uh, like, go do that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> they, they basically... They've kept these comics going, and with their, like, fourth album, I think, uh, which is technically Album 4 Part 2, despite the fact that Album 4 is their third album, it it doesn't make any sense. Um, They they were like, okay, well, we're ending the Amory Wars. Uh, So, in 2018, I think, they announced a new album called... uh, the Unheavenly Creatures, and with this, they announced that the Amory Wars is coming back, but it's in the future of the Amory Wars. And what they did is they announced a five-album saga. <laughs> and it's bad. It's not good. Like, I, I, I like the music, but it, the story is not good. It's just about, like, a planetary prison system and a man saving his wife because, of course... Like, he's, he's got to save... It's all about the wives in Coheed and Cambria, is the thing. It's all about the wives. And it just... I see. It makes it makes no sense. I, I, I just... I have to mention the Amory Wars at least once on this podcast. This is going to be the time. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Don't read the Amory Wars. Uh, listen to Coheed and Cambria with, a, with, like, your criticism intact, please. I beg of you. This is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host, Senna. And I'm your co-host, Sam. 
this is a way to start a podcast. What? Why? You just uploading that guy from Weirdos into our podcast chat? That's just what you're doing? He has a name. His name is Daddy Ochassi. <laughs> I, I don't know what this means. I've never seen this show. I've never even heard of it before you brought it up today. I'll have you know he's married to Mama B Chassis. Of she, course. Of course. She owns a diner. I, I'm learning. Oh, there she is. There she is. Yeah, I can see them being married. I can I can definitely see that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is it'll wash out. We're in the new season. It's it's Arankar Avenue time. It's Arankar Avenue time. We're here. We've made it. Bleach is good again. Bleach is pretty good. It's pretty good. We we have good episodes this week. Do you want to get right into these episodes, or do you want to keep talking about weird '90s nostalgia from Canadian TV shows? Let me put it this way. <laughs> It's a promise and a threat that if we don't start talking about Bleach, you're going to be hearing more about Weirdos. Episode 110. Reopening of the substitute business. The terrifying transfer student. We're, we're, we're starting it. We're starting to talk about Bleach. We open in the land of the hollows. As shadows crawl across the ground. In a dark pit, a mummified hollow breaks its wrappings. Humanoid limbs extend from brown fur and a mask is revealed, eerily similar to that of a hollow seen long ago. The mouth opens to reveal a human face behind, as words form from newly revealed lips. Kurosaki Ichigo. And then we cut from this to, like, the high school in Karakura. Like, it's a very sudden cut. Time for Keigo hijinks. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Um... Ichigo's, like, strolling through the hall, he greets Mizuhiro, uh, and then he's, like, ambushed by Keigo, who's, like, running up and down the halls going, Ichigo! And Ichigo just, like, fucking immediately, like, clotheslines him. Because, like, Ichigo has been in, in, like, the real world, like, you know, all of five seconds, and Keigo's back. And, like, I didn't think I'd miss Keigo as much as I did, but I, I, I realized I missed Keigo. And, you know, here we are. <laughs> here he is. Here he is. So, Ichigo arrives at class. Uryu, Chad, and Orihime greet him. But Keigo wonders if he's being left out of the group. He, like, basically freaks out. And, like, there's a whole thing about it. And he's like, I'm being left out of the group, aren't I? And Ichigo's like, yeah, pretty much. Go sit over there. And Keigo, like, starts crying. But Mizuhiro's like, can't you tell he's, like, joking? Like, he's just goofing around. And... I'm not so sure Ichigo's goofing around here. Well, it's like he is, because he's just doing, like, the straight man approach of, like, yep, you're right, we're totally we're totally boxing you out. <laughs> he is, but it, it feels like both, like, a joke and not, just because, like, of the context of knowing he's, like, a soul reaper. But, you know, you know. Uh, we get, like, the, the classic bit of, like, Chizuru grabbing Orihime from behind, uh, who, if you don't remember, Chizuru is just, like, the red-haired, annoying lesbian archetype that really, it really just sucks. It's not great. Uh, we, we get the classic, like, boob shot of Orihime, because of course. Uh, but then Orihime is saved by her wife, Totsuki, and everything's okay. I want to clarify... It's not, she's not annoying because she's a lesbian. It's because she's a predatory lesbian, and that's her only character trait. 
Yes, it is exactly that. Thank you for clarifying, because like <laughs> I, I should have clarified, but that is exactly it. I just want to say it because it's been a while, so people may have forgotten who this character is, or they might not listen to the show. Yeah, they might not know that I'm, like, very trans, like, very, very trans, and, like, you know, LGBT stuff, kind of my life. So, like, I, I don't, I want to be clear, I don't hate lesbians. I don't think lesbians are annoying. Like, <laughs> it's just this character is a very poor representation of lesbians. So, Totsuki shows up saving Orihime, and I was so happy to see Totsuki. I missed her so much. She's so cool. Um, and she asks how Ichigo's paper is going, and, like, as per usual, he totally forgot he had schoolwork, because he was off fighting the bounce. Uh, I was waiting this entire time for anybody to mention the bounce. Like, I was just waiting for it. Um, Tatsuki notices something, which Ichigo takes to be his protection charm that, like, his father gave him. Was it, like, when he left to go to Soul Society, or was it, was it for the bounce arcs? I can't remember. It was when they, right before they left for the first time, he gave okay. it to, I think he gave it directly to Khan. Right, uh, right, right, Because right. Ichigo had, like, already left or something. Or he was, or he was planning on leaving. No, yeah, he yeah. was planning on leaving and he was kind of, like, saying some mushy stuff. And his dad was like, yo, take this. Um, right, 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 right. And I do want to point out, it's not business as usual that Ichigo's behind on his schoolwork. The guy has is t- near top of the class in his uh All right. he's a he's a study boy because he used to have no friends so he would stay at home and study he's a smart boy you are absolutely right and i i i have fucked up i i should be like taken off the podcast i should no longer be allowed to talk about bleach um <laughs> but uh we get like a flashback because like ichigo takes this to be she's like talking about like, his protection charm. He basically flashes back to him trying to give it back to his dad, and his dad just sewing it to his school uniform, which I think is hilarious. It's so funny. He's like, no, fuck you. Take, you keep it. I gave it to you. Keep it. <laughs> Totsky basically already figured this out, uh, and instead she was actually asking about, like, the skull badge that's hanging out of his pocket. Uh Ichigo basically almost accidentally spills the beans about being a Shinigami, but realizes that it's weird that she can even see the thing. Um, I'm going to go double check on the alarm that's going off in the other room. I was going to ask about that to be like, do you want to deal with whatever that is? Because that might make it harder to edit later. (laughs) Meanwhile, time to go find more weirdo pictures and flood the chat with them. I heard that. I heard that. Don't think I didn't. I know you can hear me. That's why I'm speaking out loud. (laughs) God. A promise and a threat. I I have closed the door slightly more because I know there are going to be more alarms. So I've I've just closed the door slightly more. Oh, those sure are more weirdos. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. God. So, Ichigo almost accidentally spills the beans about being a Shinigami, but realizes it's weird that she can even see the, like, badge. Um, the teacher walks in, saving Ichigo from having to explain himself, uh, and then all the students are, like, sitting down, and attendance is taken, uh, and she announces that there's a new transfer student that's gonna be, like, coming to class now. Um, 
Ichigo's just, like, sitting down, like, remembering what Ukitake told him about the combat pass, which is that, like, basically normal humans shouldn't be able to see it. <laughs> uh, as he's thinking about this, it goes off and just starts screaming, hollow, hollow, and Ichigo screams in response, uh, and then tries to write it off as, like, just a little stomach ache, and the teacher is like, you shouldn't be screaming out loud from a stomach ache. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, um, what the fuck? <laughs> I also like that at, when she takes the presences, she's like, okay, everyone's here except these two names. They're delinquents, though. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, I forgot the name of this teacher, but I love her. I think she's great. Um, So she attempts to call in the new transfer student. She, like, goes to the door and, like, opens it and is like, all right, you can come in now. But, like, the transfer student is gone. Uh, Ichigo runs through the open door, just, like, takes off, and he's like, I'm just going to the bathroom! And <laughs> the teacher's just, like, really confused and exasperated by this, and is like, oh, oh okay. And then Orihime and Chad do the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking, it's so much. Like, there is, like, a brief aside, but, like, I, I normally wouldn't like this, but, like, because it's all, like, a goof and very obviously a goof, like, the teacher says something about how, like, women are supposed to hold it until their stomach hurts, and Orihime is like, it hurts so bad, I have to go right now, and just keeps running, and, like, I love Orihime so much. Yeah, and it's like, while she's running, like, she's saying this, while she's running full tilt down the hallway and she's already, like, a hundred meters away. Yeah. Um, the best part of this scene is that Keigo attempts to follow them to be included in the group. He's like, I have to go to the bathroom too! But, like, the teacher basically grabs him by the scruff of the collar and is like, no, you don't get to stay. You Like, you, you have to stay here. You don't get to leave. Uh, and he's just like, you're playing favorites. This is favoritism. Um, it, very good bit. Very good bit. Uh, notably, though, Uryu stays behind, and Totsuki sighs before looking out the window, and she sees Ichigo running in full Soul Reaper garb. We cut to the hollow fight, where Chad and Orihime stand on the sidelines, because of course they do, uh, and they're just talking about how there will still be hollows as long as humans exist. At least most likely. Ichigo takes care of it with very little effort, and he tells the two that they didn't have to come with him, but Orihime just tells him she's always wanted to cut class by pretending to go to the bathroom. I adore Chad's response here of like, Orihime, I appreciate your honesty, but you really shouldn't be that open about it. Like, I love just like this little playful bit here, and it's like, because this and also the the teacher knows they're cutting class because they took they took, like, sudden vacation in the middle of school year to go do the Bout Town stuff. Yeah. And also the Rukia stuff, but, you know. <laughs> I just love that this teacher just kind of lets it happen. It's very good. She's like, oh, well, go live your life, I guess. <laughs> not you, Kago. Come on, get over here. <laughs> you, you're you not special. Don't, like, I, I said something weird about these kids, but you, you're, you're normal. Stay here. Uh, so... Ichigo's group talks about the loss of Uryu's powers and, like, what they're going to do about it. Orihime mentions it's been two weeks since they've returned, and Ichigo's like, it, it's going to be okay, we'll figure something out. 
And then the camera moves to a man who is drinking water while standing upside down. It zooms out to reveal the mysterious blonde figure from, like, the end of the last episode, standing upside down in midair as he says, Ichigo Kurosaki, huh? It, it's also like, he puts down the water bottle next to him, as if he were putting yeah. it down on a desk or, or a table. Uh, but it is also, like, the bottle's upside down, and he just, like, puts it down, and it stays there, and nothing's leaking out. You know, it's a, it's a freaky visual. It, it's really good. I really liked it. I, I, it. It has a really, like, unique sense of intrigue to this character of, what the fuck is this guy's deal? You know? Like, what's going on here? Why is he standing upside down? Uh, I, I like it. I think it's a really good character introduction. Uh, we cut to Urahara shop, and we get, like, a quick aside as we finally get some mention of the bounce, because uh, the mod souls are now living here at Urahara shop. Uh, Kuroto and Nova are, like, both, like, they're both hanging out in their, like, gigai, but Lirian is hanging out in her stuffed animal. Um, so they, like, discuss staying in stuffed animals to take up less space, and they're like, oh yeah, we're living here now because our role as bounce sensors has been fulfilled. And this is like the only mention of bounce in this episode. Um, Jinta is mean to Ururu uh, and says that the mod soul should help out around the house instead of being freeloaders. And then we cut back to the school. <laughs> That's basically all we need of that. I almost like Jinta for like a half a second. Because at first when he's telling Ururu like, hey, stop asking, like, qu weird, obvious questions. It makes sense in a... She's basically asking, hey, why do you guys live here? And they're responding with, like, um, we were... Like, our life purpose is to do a thing, and the things that we need to do that thing are dead. All, like, extinct. Yeah. We, we don't have a life goal anymore, so we're just gonna hang out and try to figure it out. <laughs> we're gonna hang out at our maker's place, because that is what makes sense. And it does make sense, but then Jinta's just like me to Ururu and it ruins everything. Yeah, for for like almost half a second, you're like, oh, he's saying like, hey, don't ask uncomfortable questions. But then it's like, oh no, he's just being a brat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut back to school and the transfer student is here and he introduces himself, having written his name entirely backwards. And wouldn't you know it, it's the upside-down blonde man from Duloc himself, Shinji Hiroko. Uh, he asks the teacher to let him sit next to a cute girl, but he ends up next to Ichigo, and he tells Ichigo that they should be friends. Uh, Shinji smiles as Ichigo's like, uh, yeah, sure. I do also uh, want to point out the exchange he has with the teacher where he's like, Hey, teach, put me down with uh, next to like a really cute girl. And she's like, oh, then you should sit next to me. And he's like... <laughs> You know what? You win this round. It's really good. It's really fucking good. Um, it, it's like, it, it's part of that trope of like, kind of the womanizer guy, but like, it, it's in a way that's not like super creepy because like, it's played off a joke that's actually funny, you know? Yeah. And then the teacher, like, you know, she puts him down. <laughs> she's like, well, don't be a creep to any of the girls. I can put you under my direct supervision if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good we cut to Ichigo's room from here and Cohen complains about being cooped up and says some perverted stuff because of course he does uh, Ichigo's combat pass goes off again and Cohen gets, uh, gets to take Ichigo's body for a spin uh, though he promises to be good Ichigo runs off and Cohen goes out as well 
Ichigo takes out another hollow with very little effort. Uh, and then our good friend Zenosuke shows up, if anybody remembers Zenosuke. Um, Keigo's friend. <laughs> yeah, Keigo's friend. He's like the soul reaper that like suddenly more people around Karakura have been able to see and have been calling weird because he's just kind of shouting about hollows or whatnot. He's um, also like standing on random lampposts. And shit. You know, he's a... Uh... He's Rukia's replacement. Yes. Yes, he is Rukia's replacement. Uh, Zanosuke shows up and is like, what are you doing here? You're so suspicious. Like, you're a Soul Reaper I've never seen before, Ichigo. Like, what are you? Who are you? Why are you here? Ichigo, like, tries to explain with the combat pass, but Zanosuke just, like, laughs really hard and he's like, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of this thing. Oh, Ichigo. Oh, Ichigo. Suddenly, a third person floats down, blade in hand, and it's Shinji. He clashes swords with Ichigo, and Zanosuke is literally blown away <laughs> by, the, by the force of this impact. It's really good, but also, like, the way, like, we see Shinji appear behind Ichigo upside down, and then he very calmly and slowly walks towards him, and as he's walking, his body is rotating until he's right side up to do his swing. It's just a really cool transition. It's so cool. Like, I, I really like this character introduction. Uh, it, it's a really good way to get you interested in what this character is all about before you even learn anything about him. Uh, it's really good. Ichigo recognizes Shinji from class, and Shinji tells him not to make too much noise, and he says that guys with that much spiritual pressure shouldn't make a fuss, or the world will tremble and they'll be noticed. Ichigo, of course, asks who will notice them, and Shinji simply responds with, Must I tell you everything before you understand? You fool. So from here, we cut to Uryu walking home as a hollow bursts through a portal, uh, and similarly, Kon is just like joyfully running and hears a noise, but then he just continues to jog. But we see another hand just like reach through a portal and the humanoid hollow from the beginning of the episode sees Kone in Ichigo's body and gets ready to attack his target. Uh, Uryu at this point is also attacked by the hollow who appeared near him and he wonders if it's a Menos Grande. Kone doesn't recognize his attacker, but the hollow recognizes him as Ichigo. Uh, and is surprised to not be remembered. And we get some flashes back, and this is Grand Fisher. This is straight up Grand Fisher. Dun 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 dun. It, it, it's a good reveal, I think, just because, like, he looks, like, similar to Grand Fisher at this point, but, like, different enough that, like, if you hadn't been reading the Grand Fisher, like, chapters, you might not recognize him. Yeah, he definitely, like, when you know, you're like, oh yeah, that's Grand Fisher, he's got the same big shaggy cape, he's got, like, a, you know, it's the same mask, the, ha the hair tendrils are similar, but I can definitely see, uh, if you haven't seen Grand Fisher in a while, which anyone who had been keeping up to date with Bleach at this point wouldn't have seen Grand Fisher in a couple of years, uh, yeah, you just see that and you're like, oh, oh yeah, Grand Fisher. Yeah, it it's, it's a good little reveal. Uh, Kon now realizes who Grand Fisher is, and then we cut back to Ichigo's situation as Zenosuke just holds on for dear life onto this rooftop. Uh, Shinji stops his attack and, like, looks out, and he goes, they've come. Shinji tells Ichigo this is because he was releasing his spiritual pressure all willy-nilly. Ichigo asks who he is, and Shinji says, well, I guess it can't be helped. 
and he raises his left hand as Reishi gathers to form a hollow mask. And he says, that's right, a Zanpakuto and a hollow mask. Now do you understand? And he explains that he's a Shinigami who has stepped into the realm of the hollows and reminds Ichigo that he wants to be friends. He calls himself a Visored and tells Ichigo that they're one and the same. He tells Ichigo to come with him since he shouldn't be on that side. I love this reveal. I think it's great. It looks so fucking cool. Like, the show does everything it can to be like, hey, this guy that you've seen for an episode, he's fucking cool. He, like, he's got some really interesting shit going on. You don't know anything about him, but here's why you should care. And it works. It works really well. It, It got me immediately invested in this character and wanting to know more about him. We get a cut back to Uryu, who fights the Hollow with some tools called Ginto, uh, that he very vaguely says he charged during his time in the last battle in Soul Society. He never specifies which battle. I could not tell if it was shots of the, like, Soul Society arcs, or if it was shots of the Bound arcs, but that is what we get. <laughs> all, well, all the flashback arts, it's all, it's about, it's from his fight with uh, Yoshi and uh, Karia. Okay, alright. Well, I'm glad that has been resolved. Because he only basically fights... Well, he fights twice in Soul Society. One time takes, like, two minutes, and one time is at night. Okay. Uh, he does actually deal some damage here. Uh, he, like, cuts off the Hollow's arm, but, like, that damage is quickly negated because the Hollow regenerates its arm, like, almost immediately. Uh, he continues to try and attack, but the hollow splits, revealing that there are actually two hollows here. The animation here is really cool. Uh, Uryu has some really cool moves with his, like, tools that we haven't seen before. It's, it's really neat. The hollow nearly pierces Uryu with its, like, tongue. Uh, but out of nowhere, a Quincy arrow saves him by cutting through the tongue, and a figure holding a bow shows up, calling Uryu by name and telling him how pathetic he is. And Uryu recognizes him as Ryuken, his father. And the episode ends there. This episode is non-stop dramatic reveals, and I love it. It's, it's everything. It's so good. Uh, it's, like, so much happens during this episode, but it never feels like it's going too fast or going, like, too slow. Like, there's just enough comedic shit. It, it, it works really well to get you interested in what this new arc's gonna be about. It, it, it just works on all levels, I feel like. The only thing I didn't like was the bit with Chizuru. Yeah, there's even a new ending. There is a new ending, and I don't want to talk about the visuals of this ending, because it spoils something from the next episode. Yeah, and then after that new ending, um, we get Zenosuke, like, calling Hobase and just being like, Y'all have to tell me what's happening here. There's these, like, assholes running around calling themselves the Karakura Rangers. There's this, like, random-ass human who can see me, and he keeps saying hi to me when he walks to school. There's a <laughs> there's a Shinigami subs. What is happening? And they're just like, oh, oh, like, we've had a lot of shit to deal with, so we haven't had time to, do- to tell you anything. Um, yeah, the, the Soul Reaper substitute thing is a real thing. Uh, don't get in his way, please. Okay, bye. <laughs> it's like really fucking funny. <laughs> and they they even tell him like, "Hey, please keep what do they say? They say please keep exterminating petty hollows," which <laughs> is a good way to say 
hey, the reason that no one's like no, n- now that we've hit like a new power level for Ichigo and crew, the reason we we'll, we won't see them fight like normal hollows. This guy's handling like the normal shit, the day to day stuff. It's fine. <laughs> it's really fuck. It's a really fucking good bit. I I really liked this one. We've come back in full force. And we also have the triumphant return of the manga and anime differences. We sure do. What are the manga differences? Fuck, I said manga. Shit. What are the manga differences this time, Sam? (laughs) So at the very start, when Keigo's complaining about the group and he's like, hey, this is weird. They never hang out together. The, it starts with Orihime Chad and Uryu together without Ichigo. And that's when he's like, this is fucked up. They never hang out together. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> so he turns to Ichigo and it's like, it's weird. It's weird, right? It's super weird. And Ichigo's like, sure, it's weird. Relax. And then he goes over to sit with them and Keigo just <laughs> loses his shit. It's incredible. Uh, that's that's very good. This one bit in uh, after that is in the anime, Orihime is the one that's like, oh, Ishida didn't also claim to have an upset stomach and then follow us out here. Um, and then Ichigo is like, well, you know, he fought without his powers, he, he'll figure something out, it's fine. In the manga, Ichigo is the one who goes, hey, where's Uryu? And Orihime is the one who says, oh, he hasn't been doing great since before we left Soul Society. Like, he's lost his powers. And then Ichigo and Chad both had not noticed. <laughs> and Ori- and Orihime, Orihime has to be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's because he doesn't want you guys to know. Oh shit, I told you. Whoops. Um, Oops. But like, you know, I think he likes, to, he wants to keep that kind of thing to himself because, you know, it's, it's a weakness. And it's like, oh, it's emotionally intelligent Orihime. <laughs> She's here. She's here hiding in the manga. She sure is. Like... That is an interesting difference. I understand why it is different, given the context of them already knowing that Uryu doesn't have his powers because of the Bountarks, but it's just like, huh, that's interesting. We get a scene of, um, we get a scene of Uryu, like, fixing up Khan's, like, completely beat up stuff, uh, stuffed animal body, and Ichigo is like, oh shit, she's right, like, I can't feel any spirit pressure coming from him. Damn. He, he, like, he really did lose his powers. Not gonna say anything, because Orihime is right. He'll probably be pissed off if I know about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, good. So when Shinji is introducing himself, he in the anime, he introduces himself, and he does that thing where he's like, okay, well, I'm going to give you the various uh, characters for my name by telling you other words that use the exact same... Um, that use the exact same character because there's a lot of char- there's a lot of like homonyms that use the same character to mean different things, right? Yeah. So in the anime, it's Shin from Genuine Sadist, Ko from Karashimin Taiko, which is um, it's a Pollock Row, Hira from Lecherous, and Ko from Onomo Imoko, which is a Japanese politician from the sixth and seventh century. It's so much. It's the po- so much. The Pollock Row and Ono no Mi- Imoko, those are the same in the manga. But, so the anime is like, hey, this is from Genuine Sadist and Lecherous. Whereas the manga's like, oh yeah, it's from Genuine and Flat-Footed. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that, okay, alright. <laughs> that, 
That is just a different energy. He also mentions that one of his talents is reversing things, which is why he wrote the name backwards. Uh, when he talks to Ichigo later, Shinji is... Like, he's pretty playful, like in the anime, but when he gets to the point where he's like, oh my god, do I have to spell everything out for you? Like, he looks furious. He looks really angry. Like, he's mad that Ichigo hasn't caught on to what he's talking about. And Ichida doesn't mention the previous fight, obviously because he hasn't had one since Mayuri. Uh, he says that he filled up his little capsules while he was training. Okay. Like, when he was trying to get his powers back, he filled up the little capsules, basically. That makes sense. Is that all the manga differences this time? That's all the manga differences. Want to go to break? I, 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 I'm glad to have this section back. You know how I said I was going to read the manga for Bleach? Maybe? Possibly? And, and then I immediately laughed? Uh, yeah, so I actually read the manga for Naruto this week. Uh, like, not the whole thing, but, um... Yeah, no, I, I've been reading Naruto instead. That's that's how this week has gone. <laughs> it's a it's a fast read. It's a good manga with a fast read. Um, yeah. We we should go ahead and cut the break. But yeah, just thought I'd let everybody know. I, I said I'd read Bleach and then I read Naruto. That's just how this has gone. Let's get back into it with episode 111, Shock, the Father's True Identity. We start off, we start where we left off, with Ishida's father, Ryukin, calling him pathetic. The Hollow rears back to attack, and Ryukin just tells it to shut up and kills it like it was nothing, noting yeah. that it doesn't matter if it's got instant regeneration if you kill it in one shot. <laughs> he isn't wrong. Uri was shocked, having always thought that his father had given up on his powers because he hated Quincy so much. Ryukin effectively responds by calling him a dumbass. Yeah. He's like, I said I had no interest and you had no talent. To, like, you went off and made your own assumptions on what that meant. I, I kind of love here that, like, Ryukin is kind of, like, the perfect fold to, like, Ashin as a father. Whereas Ashin's, like, caring, but, like, you know, just kind of really quirky. Ryukan's just, like, bad dad, like, 100%. He's just, like, here calling his son pathetic and, like, being really mean. He's just, he's Mr. Mean Business Dad. Yeah. He even laments that his own powers won't disappear as easily as Uryu's had. <laughs> he's like, man, if only my powers would left me as easily as yours did you. Like, holy shit. <laughs> just like, damn, my guy. Oh. He's so mean. Even if he doesn't like it, he's still the man. Uh, he's still the only person who gets to call himself the last Quincy, uh, as the one who inherited all the skills and techniques of his predecessor. And he pulls out the Quincy cross, similar to the one Udu's grandfather had, and then Ryukin just kills the second hollow and tells him, and tells him hey, I can restore your lost power that you lost because of your inexperience. But there's a condition. And that condition is that Uryu stops getting involved with any of that Soul Reaper shit from now on. I I like this because it it's a very clear demonstration of like 
the Quincy's history uh, with the Soul Reapers, and the fact that even though, like, Ryu can, like, really doesn't want to be a Quincy, like, that's, that's very much the vibe here, is that hatred for the Soul Reapers is still here, uh, and very palpable, so it makes total sense for him to make this request, even though it's, like, a completely unreasonable request. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere in town, Khan in Ichigo's body is running away from Grand Fisher, jumping around, and even getting spotted by the Motsol Trio. He falls and is about to die, but he gets suspended in a black void, and it's Nova's pocket dimension. Nova pops him out with the other two, Lilin mocks him for having so much trouble with a simple hollow, and then all three of them start running because the hollow's chasing them, and they, they like... There's a bit where they just make it look like they're in the desert and that Claude turned into uh, Ichigo and he starts fighting and getting beaten back. And then Nova interferes and, you know, it's just like, it's a segment that lasts a couple of minutes and is mostly just to show that the anime hasn't forgotten that these characters exist and that they can do stuff, even if they can't, like, materially impact the plot. <laughs> I, I think it, it's a kind of funny case where it's like, it almost feels like they forgot to write these characters out at the end of the Bowtarks. And it's like, well, we gotta make them appear somehow, because it would just be weird if they disappeared. But they can't impact the plot, so we gotta have them doing really minor stuff. And, like, it works. I'm glad these characters are still here. It's just very funny to me. Um, I also want to say, uh, Nova was watching these episodes with me, and upon seeing Liren was like, I don't remember this character like i completely forgot about this character and i'm like that's because she's from the bountarks and they just go oh i've never seen this character before <laughs> <laughs> who was the sassy lost child not jpeg <laughs> it was really good after all three modules get knocked down con continues to run away but now grand fisher's pissed like he wasn't like actually trying to kill con yet because he was giving this, quote, Ichigo time to, like, turn into a Soul Reaper form, but now he's tired of it, so time to move in for the kill. But just as he's about to crush Khan, someone throws Ichigo's charm out in between them, and it stops the attack. And Kurosaki Hishin has arrived, garbed in a Soul Reaper robe, telling Khan, hey, I told you to carry the charm wherever you went. Like, this charm was originally made for you. And he tells Grand Fisher, Ichigo can't come to the phone right now. You'll just have to deal with me instead. It is such a good reveal. It's so good. Uh, Ishin looks like fucking fantastic in like Soul Reaper garb. And I don't mean this in the way where I'm like saying, oh, Ishin's hot. He's Dilf material. I'm saying this in the way that like it like very naturally suits him. It, it looks like he was made for this uniform. But also he's Dilf material. He is also Dilf material, you are right. <laughs> but only when, but like weirdly, only when he's wearing the, shul, the Soul Reaper garb, because it gives him, like his shoulders have increased like 30% in width. Yeah, no, 100%. You're in incredibly correct here. That is exactly it. Oh, back with uh, Shinji and Ichigo, both of them notice like incredibly powerful spirit pressures. And Ichigo's like, whoa, holy shit. And <laughs> Shinji's like, did you only like realize now that <laughs> that there was like a hollow going around. i've been this is what i'm talking about my guy <laughs> uh, but while he's like thinking about that ichigo starts running off and he's like no nah, i'm not interested in your in 
whatever the fuck you are, I'm a Shinigami, bye. And Shinji just calls a Sarugaki, um, and he's just like, oh yeah, I failed. And then there's just like, you know, he pulls the phone away, we just hear a bunch of really loud, garbled, muffled, like, phone noises. Someone's absolutely yelling at the other end of the line. Uh, but Shinji says, it's okay. You know, they just need to be patient. I love the gay little way this man holds his phone. <laughs> it's, it's very good. It's very good. It's just stylish flip phone times. <laughs> like he, he kind of hold he kind of holds it in the way like you would expect like L from Death Note to hold it, which is he he doesn't hold it from the bottom. He holds it from the top half of the flip phone. Yeah, and then he flips it down. It's it's very good. I absolutely spent a year or two holding my flip phones that way. Oh my goodness. I I don't remember having a flip phone. Like, I, I, I definitely had one, I just don't remember it. Back with Grand Fisher, uh, oh, this is where Ishin says that the charm was originally made for Khan, because from their very first meeting, he realized that, obviously, this module is not my son. Yeah. And he even says, and I, I'm not sure if this stays through, if this stays true throughout the various filler episodes, I didn't go back and check, but Ishin says he never used the name Ichigo when he was talking to Khan. Grand Fisher again says, hey, I want to know where Ichigo is, but Ishin's like, how the fuck should I know? He's not a child anymore. He, you know, he's his old man. He runs around and I'm a, I'm a hands-off parent. I'm not a, I'm not clingy. <laughs> Khan's like, what about your daughters? That's, that's that, this is this. Two completely, completely different scenarios. Night and day. (laughs) Don't compare one to the other. I was losing my goddamn mind at this point. I was laughing so much. It's so funny. It's a really good joke. Uh, But then he adds, like, also, it doesn't matter if you're not interested in me. I'm here. I came here to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Uh, this makes the hollow laugh while an incredible fucking song starts playing. Yes, yes. When when people talk about how good the Bleach soundtrack is, it's stuff like this that is what they mean. And like to to ensure that the people of the podcast hear it, I, I know normally I like go for like the last ep- the last song that plays in the first episode. Like that's my normal thing, unless it's like the same song as last time, in which case I'll pick a different one. Um. But uh, I, I'm going to play this specific one because I want everybody to hear it because it's so fucking good. It's really, really fucking good. Um, so as the song is playing, the Grand Fisher transforms, becoming even taller and like three times as wide. Uh, he's fully the size of a Menos Grande and about four or five times the width. He says, uh, don't compare me to a puny Menos. But... Ishin already, like, Ishin just interrupts him and he's like, oh, you're an Arankar, a hollow who took off its masks to attain further power. Grand Fisher draws his blade, saying that, you know, as you'll remember from Bleach Season 1, a Soul Reaper's blade is the proof of his strength, and it's, like, the thing that lets you measure someone's, uh, the amount of their spiritual power. There's no way that Ishin's, like, tiny katana can handle this giant fucking building-sized sword. But Ishin is completely unfazed, taking a stance, and when they clash, he cuts clean through the iron card and his blade. And he explains. Captain-level Soul Reapers control the size of their blades. Otherwise, they'd all be swinging skyscrapers around. 
It's so good. It, it's it's like not only do we get the reveal that Ishin is a soul reaper, but we get the reveal that he's like, if not having been a captain, he is at least captain level, and it's like, it's just so good. It's like one of the one of the best moments like of Bleach. Like this is probably one of the most memorable scenes, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and the the bit where uh, the cinematography of the part where. Grand Fisher gets cut in half, where you can see the moon through the hole in his chest, like his hollow hole, and then you see the cut go th- clean through on either side of that hole. It's just mm, perfect. It's so good. Just absolutely fantastic. And uh, the only thing left in the episode is in the post credits, we get three vice captains, the vice captains of the first, second, and seventh squads. They're just like around a little heater, like complaining that no one notices the small cosmetic changes they did, like Tetsuzaimon changes glasses, um, the second lieutenant trimmed their sideburns, and then Yachiru shows up and she's like, oh hey, it's the dull lieutenant trio. Womp womp, they're fucking losers. It's, like, it's kind of mean-spirited, but I did kind of laugh, because, like, just with my experience with this bit, it's literally that Nova was like, I don't remember who these characters are. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, trying to figure out the words to say they're the boring lieutenants. And then Yachiru comes out and just says, oh, the dual lieutenant trio. And I'm like, oh, the show said it for me. Yeah, she's just like, yep, it's the boring ones. Just like, womp, womp, womp. <laughs> um, nothing in this episode is different in the manga than the anime. But there Ooh. are... A series of, like, really good fucking pages that I'm going to link you. Okay. I'm ready for this. And sorry for listeners, but basically I just highly recommend going to read chapter 187. It's fantastic. Uh, So first we've got the reveal of Grand Fisher's final form. Ooh, that's a really good two-page spread. That's... Mm. Then there's a page or two that goes by, but there's the page where they actually do the clash. Say, say what you will about Kubo, like, his art is incredible. And finally, just ending the chapter with a two-page spread of Ishin being a badass after the clash. God. Like, it, this is definitely, like, it is a bit more grotesque than, uh, like, I, I say grotesque as if it's, like, gory, and it, it's not. It's just, like, definitely a little more violent than the anime counterpart and it looks really cool i'm not sure i'd say that the anime does have like spurting blood this is true this is true this just looks more stylish (laughs) that's fair that's fair oh really good really good and that's it that's all i got that 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 is it uh sam we're back like bleach is really good (laughs) What the fuck? <laughs> like, it's, it's like last week, both of us being like, you know, the Bontark wasn't so bad. I actually kind of liked it. It was fun. Then we get to hear her like, holy fuck, I forgot how good this show can be. Yeah, it, it, it's like, you, I, I, I hesitate to use the term Stockholm Syndrome. But, but, like, when you think about it, we got so used to the quality of the Bount arcs and how, like, 
varying it is that when you get back to the actual show and like you get to moments like this, it's just like, oh, this is why I watch Bleach. This is why I'm doing this. Like, listen, just... rip to the Bount arc, but Ishin's different. <laughs> oh, it's it's so good. The these episodes were so fucking good. I I really really am looking forward to this arc now because I, I i'm hype i'm excited uh i am excited to be back into it uh i am excited for the manga differences again like i'm the the show feels like we are we are back to our norm we we are here this has been it'll wash out a bleach rewatch podcast as always you can find the show on twitter at bleachcast and you can find me on twitter at lavender underscore pause and you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. I am extremely curious what Sam's going to pull out of his ass this time uh, for the end quote, because we, I am certain it can't be another vampire thing. Uh, so I am I'm optimistically cautious, I should say. Uh, but I hope everybody had a good time listening. I hope you have a great week. Stay cool, chads. Don't talk to me about Soul Reaper lore until you know at least that much. Thank you.